Welcome to The Eventful Entrepreneur. I'm Roger Woodall, founder of the Bournemouth Sevens, the world's largest sport and music festival. With all events in 2020 grinding to a halt, I'll be bringing people back together, but in a different way. On this week's episode, I'm talking to one of the main men behind the massively successful body power event at the NEC Birmingham, Steve Orton. Steve has worked in events since an early age and is a fitness training and events industry specialist. We talk about how the Body Power Expo has grown to become the beast it is today, with 90,000 people attending, the uncertainty over the past year, and how events are going to come back bigger and stronger than ever. This is a great listen for anyone into fitness, training, and events. Here's the man himself. Mr. Steve Orton. Steve, welcome on board, mate. Good to see you, mate. Yeah, really good to see you. So, Steve, you have, you're the owner of Body Power, the uh, 90,000 people at the NEC in Birmingham every single year. Big numbers. Tell me about how you got into events. So, yeah, one of the co-owners, obviously Nick, who's my brother as well, owns it. Events goes back since I was like a teenager, probably when I was like 15 Every school holiday, going like into the offices. Like we've had events running in the family and stuff like that for like 34 years. Um, and it always used to be around what the old man, our old man did. So he's a dentist and so we ran dentistry shows and things like that. And Nick is a petrol head. So we're running fast and, fu- fast and Furious car shows down at Brighton, out in Ireland and everywhere. So I always got involved. Like I'm, I'm the younger, good looking, better brother, <laughs> basically. Um, and, uh, so I got involved when I was at school in the summer holidays and stuff, getting involved in events, doing all the, you know, like the old days, back in the day before digital, flyers, yeah. every every car, every street, you know, pick out every one of the houses you can get through. We did that. And that that's what I remember doing, like stuffing in. So events, it feels like it's been, yeah, what, mm. a number of years. Mm. So. What sort of year are we talking then when you started flyering and postering? Before 2000. Yeah. So what are we? Yeah. Probably yeah. 95-ish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, around that time. Good Don't, days, you're looking eh? at me like that's fucking ages ago. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I was there. <laughs> I was there. I get you. I totally yeah. get you. Yeah. yeah, no. So back at, back then, um, doing all those, going over to Belfast, living the dream of a 15, 16-year-old at a car show. Um, but yeah, that's back where the events take me. So yeah. So what year did you get involved in the in, big event in, in Birmingham? Body the Body Power. Yeah. Uh, body Power. So that was 0809. Mm. So we'd got, a, uh, there was a business before that was, like I say, all dentistry, it was healthcare related. So dentistry, pharmacy, veterinary. That was sold 08-ish at the time. Consumer, there was no consumer fitness event. Um, there was nothing like that in the UK. One of the lads in the office and there was discussion basically of, you know, should we be looking at what the Americans are doing almost? Um, so that was set up and the company that bought had bought the business said, basically, it's an industry full of steroids. It's full of this, that, and the other. We don't want to invest, um, cutting to the chase. Mm. Um, so we set up the business, uh, Body Power. I went, I left that business and obviously went and set Body Power up mm. uh, with Nick. Uh, so that was, first show was 09. Was it? Okay. Yeah. So New new fitness was yeah. you know sport all the way through, um, and saw what was coming. I guess mm. um, so. Yeah, and that's that's where it started. And was that a big transition for you from going from the old school marketing, flyering and postering, and then all of a sudden finding you know Mark Zuckerberg landing on your lap and going right, we got social, we got social yeah. media now. How yeah, was that so it was transition? Few, it was really interesting because I think the first few years, I can't, 
looking back now, like I didn't get involved as much with that social, but as Facebook was massive at the time. Mm. Um, and that obviously from an audience and group point of view worked really well for us. And then probably a few years later, that's when the Instagram side of things came up and, you know, the era we're in now of influencers and everything like that mm. back then, um, you know, we had some of the, you know, the biggest names coming over from the U S and actually, you know, grew that Instagram following massively, mm. um, which was really, yeah, totally different. But I think we've always stuck to doing a lot of the traditional stuff as well, you know, because, you know, it's a discussion that comes up fairly often of, you know, should we be doing it? Should we not? You know, and I guess with digital and social, I think you can measure a lot more now, yeah. but actually when you're starting an event, you know, getting out there, getting the product out there in front of people, you know, we, we, you know, sort of put a, put a compass in around the Birmingham area or something mm. and said, right, every one of these households, a million households, they're getting a flyer, yeah. you know, and they might not be a fitness fanatic, but they might know someone that goes and, you know, it wasn't as it is now. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, I think the, the mix is far greater now. And I, you know, there's an element of me that says, you know, where are we going and is there an opportunity to go back a bit mm. and maintain you know ensuring you're sort of covering all your bases yeah it's interesting isn't it when you think do you go oh everything's going digital do you go back to a bit of old school and get flyer to hand where people actually want to feel and touch something and read something in front of them yeah i think well the thing for me as well is yes you can but it's got to be targeted yeah you know back then we were just trying to get the message out to as many people because no there was nothing so you're always going, well, we can go to gyms, but you don't have any leverage of being the body power brand, mm. which people now sort of resonate with fitness. Mm. Whereas back then, you know, what have you got? So you have to do that. Whereas now you'd be able to go to the gyms, you'd be able to go to specific communities and say, right, we want to work with you. Can we get an e-flyer out? Can we do direct flying? Can we come to your events? Can we do all of those things? And I think there's a lot of, um, you know what it's like at the start of an event, you've got to put a shit ton of work yeah. in there like it doesn't just happen mm. and i think it goes back to that point of if you go to all the events if you are doing everything possible you're going to get some success mm. whereas now there's a huge amount of success just purely digital but you do wonder actually if you did these other elements as well and got out in the community mm. you build your brand as well mm. it's different different ways isn't it mm. of going about your business mm. how did you feel in 2008 2009 when you're thinking right body power we're hiring the nec the you know the higher fee is x what was the higher fee out of interest can you remember so i'm i didn't look after it specifically mm. but there's you know i'm looking now thinking about the numbers there's probably over 100k mm. just on the venue yeah um big numbers yeah and you're talking well that's 12 years ago yeah it wasn't my money at that stage yeah, okay so <laughs> that's yeah, nick's money day. <laughs> yeah um but you know it's turned out well yeah. you know and that's the risk side of things yeah. but yeah it's um you know but it's a you know 08 or 09 you put that investment in you've got nothing you're going on you've got people saying it won't work mm. you're constantly getting that yeah. and there has to be that belief that ultimately you are going in the right direction and yeah. you know looking from a you know fitness sport you know back then protein powder which you know is a commodity basically now mm. to a lot of people you know there was a few old school people yeah. that were using it bodybuilding but they, there wasn't the understanding of it and yeah. there wasn't the brand so i think like my protein was no five a four or five brand you know i look back now phd who's been sold numerous times like those guys were just setting up like jason and mark they came they built their own stands yeah. usn built their own stand, small yeah. thing. And over the years, that obviously built up. But there's clients that I've been friends really now 
like Bill and Muscle Finesse and people like that, they were the ones that backed it at the start. Yeah. They took the risk themselves. Yeah. But yeah, it was Well, then. well they, they backed you at the start. Well, essentially, yeah. yeah. And you how know, nice is that when someone backs you at the start? Because for me, I'd never forget those No, people. you don't. No, yeah. exactly. And, you know, that's... To be fair, it's those relationships that you go back on and you see them successful. You're, you're being successful as yeah. well. But like, if they hadn't, you know, put a grand or something down, yeah. then there wouldn't have been. Yeah, I think we had 47, 48 clients at the start. Yeah, It wasn't big, yeah. but... It, it all started. adds up. It started. It, it all yeah, adds up, exactly. doesn't it? So in two thousand, so two thousand nine was your first gig, first event at yep. NEC, hundred grand plus to rent the place. Yeah. Do you remember how much it cost you to put on for the whole event? Roughly, we definitely. I don't know, probably one fifty, two hundred k. Right. Okay. It was, you know, the, so the higher fee was, going, took a massive chunk yeah. of the whole yeah, totally. business model. And we'd always we had the focus of the NEC was the venue, yeah. indoor venue, center of the country. Um, it's a premium venue ultimately. And we'd run our previous shows there. Mm. So, you know, Nick had got a very good relationship with those guys. So we had that in place. Mm. And I think when you're launching an event, you know, the location can have a big impact, especially for a, probably that indoor event. Because if it was just somewhere random, agree. what does it mean? Whereas actually we're going to the biggest exhibition center in the country and you're going to see these stars yeah. you're going to see these companies you're going to see everything yeah. um so yeah. so essentially you wrapped up the fitness industry to say right we're actually going to put a yearly event on for you and yeah. so back then i guess it was the men's health magazines and all the other magazines yeah. you were communicating with to say well, yeah. will you get behind us it was and probably the, it was very much a subculture as well what we did it was very we looked at um the markets and what actually what body power was then and body power was very much bodybuilding strongman power is all about big lumps in yeah, the gym yeah the technique what people used to call the meatheads yeah essentially but we were looking and going in the states none of these guys the kai greens the phil heath the jay cutlers all these guys that if you're a bodybuilder they're synonymous mm. they'd not been to the uk so our opportunity and back then there weren't 10 grand 20 grand 30 grand fees to get these guys there so it was very much a case of who can we get in that market um, it was a subculture, so actually getting to a lot of the independent gym owners and and the right people, it was a far easier message. Um, so yeah, so you, it was getting those guys along. Mm. It was very much power. I'd say it was a power sport show, yeah. really. Men's Health was there. Um, that was really the big magazine. But once again, that was like cover model look. Mm. They didn't associate themselves with these bodybuilders mm. and strong men and, and people that in many respects were a bit freakish. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the niche we went down. Mm. And like I say that, you know, the business and people that were looking at it were saying it's not got legs because it's associated with the performance enhancement side of things mm. and wasn't seen. Obviously that's adapted over the years. Um, that's yeah. interesting. You're saying it hasn't got legs when people say <clears throat> that. <clears throat> I absolutely love it. Yeah, love it when people say it's not going to work. Yeah. That's the thing that gets me up in the morning yeah. earlier than everyone and gets me to bed later than everyone. Yeah. Especially when you know it. You know, you look at people from an outside perspective of an industry they don't know about. They they're not whether it's sports people or fitness people. It's just purely from a numbers game mm. or this is our strategy. Whereas actually, the passion side of things. If you love something and you're passionate about it, you're in a hell of a good place at the start. Oh yes. 
you know, it's, you know, I think, you know, I know how you work, you know, the festival and everything, and it's born out of passion. Mm. If you love something, you... Well, if you love something, you, you, you get up every day, you've got a spring in your step, yeah. it's not a better feeling. Exactly, yeah. Imagine if you didn't enjoy something, you're going to work, you didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I've said for years, I don't feel as though it's a job in many ways. No. You're speaking to decent people, yeah. you're doing something, you know, you're bringing them into an environment where you know they're going to have a positive, you know, effect. They're going to enjoy it. Yeah. And you see people, the visitors coming in, almost euphoric. Yeah. It's the Body Power Weekend. Can't wait till next year. We'll yeah. book up for next year. Bournemouth Sevens going to yeah. book up straight away yeah. because, and it's come full, so not full circle, but what does everyone talk about in this day and age? The experience. Yeah. It's That's all what it's about, about the experience. That's what it's about. Yeah. And if you can, you know, you've also got to adapt with the times, mm. you know, so what your first festival was looks probably totally different to what yeah. it is now, yeah. different groups and everything. And it's the same for us. Like if we'd have kept being, you know, just bodybuilding and powerlifting mm. and strongman, well, you miss out on mm. everything else that's come through and the brands that have launched. Just explain the business model from day one, from year one. Obviously, the, the revenues coming in were from ticket sales, sponsorship. Tell yeah, me primarily. Your, yeah. So primarily, you, the outgoings were um, your venue costs, your marketing costs, your operational running the show, yeah. and I guess an element of um, athlete costs. And, you know, you, that, but that fell under the marketing. Um, and then revenue was... Exhibition stands, so we're very much, as a business, you know, the stands brought the revenue in at that time. Mm. You know, first year or so, you're not going to get sponsorship yep. in reality. The unknown. Um, yeah. So you've yep. got two revenue incomes. You've got the exhibition side of things. So that's the clients, the brands. And then you've got the visitor revenue, which, you know, in the first year especially, yeah. that's when you're thinking who's going to turn up yeah. because you've not also probably, you know, over the years you can go, well, we've got X amount of pre-sales. Mm. But back then in the first show, it's a walk-up pretty much. Absolutely. You know, people, you know, as much weren't buying online. Yeah. So you're there going, shit, who's, who's going to turn up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, that's that's probably for me about events, the best, one of the best feelings. Yeah. So going back, going on to the, the, one yeah. of my best feelings, what I'd love to bottle and yeah. sell one day, is that feeling of people queuing up outside your event. Tell me about that feeling. Yeah, I, I think it's, well, yeah, it's, it's one of the best, mm -hmm. isn't it? Because... You've put, especially from an events perspective, you've put all the work in. If you if you give a shit and you're passionate yeah. about it, yeah. you've put all that work in, you own it. And for people to turn up, like we, a certain year, almost when it got to its peak, we measured the queue at a mile long. Yeah, You know, you're like, these oh, people are turning feeling. up for that. <laughs> but the, probably that feeling, you know, you're flying around before, like a stand's got electric going. Yeah. You're running around, and not we're very much hands on as well. It's not like, oh, just they do it. It's very hands on. So you've got all that um, sort of emotion going on. Mm. You look outside. There's you know you pop out to go. Oh, there's mm. people turned up. Mm. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think the best bit for me is we like have the entrances. You can see all these people. You get the tannoy. The show is now open. Yes. People are running yeah. into the show. Yeah. And you're there going, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Why, you know, it's almost going, why? Yeah. But that's not that imposter syndrome point of view. But there's very much going, these people are so passionate. They love it so much. Mm. They want to go and see these brands, these athletes. They're going to charge in. They're going to run. 
And we have done that. Mm. We've created that experience, that environment for them to enjoy themselves. Mm. And I think that that's the, like you say, if you could bottle that. Yeah. I'm going to one day. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a clue how, but I but, will do one day. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, but it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter in many respects how big the event is. Yeah. You could run a relatively small event, but if you've got clients in there, if you've got people turning up and they have a great time, yeah. And then at the end of it, they're saying, that was awesome. Yeah. That's what you want, is that you, you've got that, like to me personally, it's about morally and from a principal point of view, people having a good time mm. and putting something good on. The buzz of people running around and everything, that's brilliant. But if you do that once off mm. and piss everyone off and they don't, you know, yeah, you can get as many people in there, but you've, I don't know, there's a reason why they get pissed off. Mm. Well, if they don't come back the next year, you know, you're working double hard. And I think one of the hardest things as well, especially talking about social media, a few negatives of, well, oh, I had to queue for five hours. Well, I'm sorry the queue was so big, yeah. but, or, you know, you're doing that. Those negatives can sometimes play on you a bit more mm. when actually there's 99% of people have had a mm. great time. Mm. That's Don't worry about the negatives, mate. No, exactly. Don't worry about exactly. that. You're always going to get keyboard warriors yeah, out there. You live in Britain, don't yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> keyboard warriors are all out there. But, you know, you've created a great experience for people. You've created a great event over the years. Yeah. So tell me the business model going from that kind of when you started in 2000. Obviously, you started in the middle of the global recession as well. That probably yeah. didn't help. But actually, how did it grow and develop? So, yeah, it's, we've had pretty, you know, it's a great growth sort of uh not even a curve it's been pretty yeah. vertical you know and, and straight up um so obviously the first couple of years you know we had growth in there was 8216 i've got all the numbers ingrained yeah. in my head stato yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're in the wrong game mate you're in the wrong game so we had those anyway we had those people there first year and i think it went to like 15 7 23 30 so what were then four years mm. then there was a jump to 50,000. Right. So tell me that jump. When was the big jump? Something must have happened. I think. Well, I think it's a combination of there's, you create an identity for the event where it's automatically, people say, I've got to be there. Yeah. There's, a, there's that FOMO type thing of like, mm. oh, you're not there. You're not doing this. Or, you know, we'd created an experience where you could go and see, you know, if you're into bodybuilding, you went and saw Kai Green and Phil Heath and Jay Cutler. If you're into... Uh, a strongman. You, it was back in the day. It was Marius Puchinowski, mm. the Polish. You know, everyone knew him. Then there was Brian Shaw and people like that. You could go and see these people. You could have a photo, go, shake the hand, yeah, see him on stage. Literally, yeah. there was nowhere else you could do that. Um, and I think that's what became synonymous with Body mm. Power. That you had the best brands, like the brands built their stands up as well. You know, so year on year, you've gone from these smaller stands. You proved that the event you were putting on was good. Mm. They were investing more like the protein market back then was booming as well. So, so what, year, suddenly, what year are we talking? 2013? So, uh, yeah, about 12, 13, yeah, okay. 14. So you had the likes of, you know, the USNs, the PhDs, the My Proteins, the Bulk Powders, all these guys growing. You had a lot of big American brands. They And the partnerships that I created were very much, you have the stands, but, you know, Right, you sponsored these athletes, bring them over. Like we can, you know, work on partnerships whereby you bring those people over. Either they get a slight reduction in their stand cost, or we offer added value. They can go in the super theater, or they can go 
and do more interactive elements. So you've got the whole emphasis of, I guess, more people know about the show, brands are talking about it, athletes are talking about it, and it just brings everything together. Mm. Um, so there's a massive boom in that side of things. So I think that was 12, 13. Um, and we've also been through a number of different, what are classified as eras in that fitness, if we could talk about fitness and training market, yeah. you know, protein grew and boomed, brands grew, sold. Then you got into this, what I'd classify as like an apparel aesthetics market. You know, the Gymshark guys, you know, Ben Lewis, they've all talked about their story of put all of their savings into body power. Ben Francis? Yeah. So Ben and Lewis set up Gymshark. Yep. Did the first shows uh, with us. And what year What year did they set up so a stand at that your place? Was probably... I'm going to get this wrong now. 13? 13. Seven years 13. later, sold. Well, no. Valued seven years valued a billion. A billion dollars. Yeah. Wow. One point, I think it's 1.4 billion. Is he a good so, lad? He's a top lad. Yeah. I was going to say, cool. You know, catch up with him every now and then. Yeah. And he's he's so down to earth, but he's he's nailed like influences. He understands what community means. Yeah. He, you know, he's not, my view on Ben is very much, He's got a very strong identity of what he wants his brand to be, mm. but also he's got a great team around him. Yeah, you know. And, oh, absolutely. You you, know, you can't grow to being varied at a billion dollars by being a one man one man band. Yeah, but then you know they he saw an opportunity in the market. He's the he, he's it. the guy who's really got behind and backed the whole influencer thing on yeah, Instagram. Totally, yeah, 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 definitely. And they they were going for the you know, massive the massive YouTube respect market. massive respect to him. By the yeah. way, he's yeah. yeah exactly. And you know it's nice it's. You know, from my point of view, again, going back to what an event does, mm. there's so many brands that have come to an event. It gives them a platform. Yeah. And you've played a part in this massive trajectory for mm. them. Um, should have a finder's fee or something. Yeah, there, I was going to say, <laughs> I just asked for 1% of that one bill. That'll do. <laughs> Even I'll, I'll take half a percent yeah. of that. <laughs> but it's that type of thing of, you know, obviously the internet and the growth online and what they've done, but actually offering a platform, you know, where else could that have happened? Mm. You know, there's almost, they'd done their research. Um, and actually there's a number of other brands at that time that were trying to replicate and imitate what they were doing. Mm. But the guys knew, goes back to knowing your market, they knew and they'd got friendships with these YouTubers. It was an aesthetics market. Yeah. They brought them over, they flew them over, paid for their flight. No one was getting paid then for influencing. Mm. So they're in a great position. But they've maintained those relationships. They've they've got on with people and they've not burnt bridges. And therefore, they are now a brand that people want to be associated with. It's all about relationships. <clears throat> it it's is. all it about is. contacts. And it's all about the graft. Yeah. Fair play to him. He's got all of those three and he's doing really, really well. Yeah. Have you been to their HQ? I have, yeah. Is yeah. that in Birmingham? It's Sully Hall. So just outside the posh, Birmingham. Is that the posh part of Birmingham? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's just it like? The, I've, I've seen the photos brilliant. of the gyms they've created. and they've. Yeah, the lifting club. Yeah, no, it, I've been in both. Like the lifting club is an amazing facility for training. And I think that's only open for the staff. So again, you know, looking after their staff and everything, it, you know, they're doing a great job there. Um, and yeah, going, you know, they've got, the offices are fantastic. Mm. Um, and has he said, has he said thank you? He has. He has. Excellent. I actually, um, when I caught up with him last week or a couple of weeks ago for Nando's and uh, I found the first contract that he'd ever signed. Um, so that was quite, you know, and, it's nice that 
you can have that yeah. almost a bit of history in many yeah, respects. That'd be, that sounds a bit cheesy. No, it doesn't it? at all, mate. We're here for, we got one life. Yeah. And you know what? And having everyone on your journey, it's about respecting those people yeah. who helped you on your journey. Yeah. He would have helped you at some point, but you've helped him massively. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, put, his, it's nice. put his brand, you know, put his brand out there in the initial days when you were backing each other and had respect yeah. for each other. And you still do have respect, which yeah. sounds wonderful. Yeah, exactly. So mm. yeah, new, brilliant. It's an amazing story. And actually, you know, for the fitness industry and everything, it's uh, it's a great thing. And, and at, you know, other brands have also done it, which has mm. been brilliant, whether it's, you know, Grenade had their show with their tank, they yeah. brought their tank in. But that's the nice thing that I think brands also have the opportunity to showcase what they're about. Mm. So Gymshark did their thing. You know, they got the influencers and they created an identity from a live experience. Grenade, Alan Jules brought their tank, you know, who else drives a bloody tank? <laughs> and I remember talking like driving it down the motorway and stuff like, oh, you know, get it in. And you've got the NEC saying, are you going to drain it of fuel? All the health and safety yeah. stuff. But actually when the visitor walks in and they see a fuck off tank, mm. they're like, what is that? Oh, I want a picture with that. Yeah. I want that. Building a brand. You know, there's, I remember USN had a Formula One racing car. Um, you know, loads of all these different things, but some some brands would bring an athlete, some mm. brands would do their own identity on the show and create an interactive challenge. But I think it goes back, I'm going off a bit, but events, you can you can be the platform and you can work a relationship, but unless that brand puts the work in, is creative and understands what they're trying to achieve, you could put night like we do, 90,000 people in front of them. Mm. If it's a shit, show and they're yeah. not going to do the right thing then they're not going to have a great show mm. um you're creating an opportunity to get eyes on a brand and engage absolutely so, absolutely yeah. so going back going back to the events here then so you've gone from 2009 you're up to 2013 with the with the whole uh the brands coming on board and your gym sharks and your grenades yeah. and then for sort of 2015 2016 did it take off again because it sounds like these numbers have jumped massively again yeah it was so it's 50 63 78 and we got to it's probably 16 2016 60 i think 16 17 you were just like it was it too almost too yeah. busy yeah. we there was a point where nick was forcibly stopping the doors being shut yeah because there's health and safety there's all these mm. things and we're like you know you know what it's like every one of those people coming if you're looking from a revenue point of view they're paying to come in and have an experience mm. So it's literally saying, right, we need to keep it open. We have to. And so you're so back then you were still selling tickets on the door. So yeah, more people to Yeah, yeah. There's wow. both. It's not just there's the online pre-sale, but also we know from understanding the audience that, you know, a lot of guys at the time were just turning up, last minute thing, right, we'll go there. Yeah. And they just pay there and then. So mm. yeah, there's there's still pre-sales and then the on the door. Mm. So it, on this journey here. What what what's the most what's the most amount of pressure you've personally felt under? I'd say to me it comes down it, it's not financial for me mm. from a pressure point of view. Mm. It's am I for every year are my clients going to rebook? And clients as in like brands that okay. have come on board. Like are people? I'm very much about like you say that relationship longer term thing. You want people to if they don't have a good show and they're having a right go at you at the end, yeah. you've not done the right thing. Yeah. And you know, some people can be totally, you know, out there and 
you like, well, whatever. But mm. the most amount of pressure for me, pressure for me is doing a good job. Mm. Pressure for me is very much going, I'm behind this right from the start. I don't want to be tarnished with this being a shit show or people being pissed off with me or anything like that. That to me, that's the most pressure, like mm. from a, you know, investing now point of view, you know, yes, there are the financial side of things, but you know, later down the line, you know, your sort of level of risk a bit more. Whereas, you know, I guess if I spoke to Nick back, you know, a number of years ago, it's all about the finance and what mm. you're putting on the line. Um, for me, looking after the brands and ensuring that they book year on year. Because if they don't book year on year, mm. what do you have? Mm. Um, that's the pressure. So do you have secondary spend at yours? Yeah. So there's there's an element of secondary spend mm. from, you know, sponsorships or upsells or, you know, typical things like we've done, you know, the do you take, Do you take the bar or anything or is it in terms no, of secondary no, spend? No. It, we put certain elements in, like if there was a protein cafe, you know, and we get a sponsor and you create, you know, a cafe or a bar, that's something we can do and yeah. work with them on. But it's very difficult in an indoor venue to get that secondary spend. Like I know speaking to, to someone years ago, they said, you know, look, like Disney World, can't you get all these concessions and you guys take a cut of all of that? And it would mm. be lovely, but yeah, it doesn't work like that, mm. unfortunately, on the, on the indoor market. But going back, I remember, you know, back in Brighton and everywhere with the race course, it yeah. was car parking. It was absolutely everything. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of secondary spend can be had, but yeah. you've got the benefit that you don't have to worry about the weather. And yeah. the biggest, yeah, that's the biggest thing. bull lake, I guess I'd call it, is the weather because you can't control that. Yeah. So if you had all of that outside, it probably wouldn't be the vent it is today, I would exactly. imagine. No, well, I was going to say yeah. this. There's not, especially in this country, it's uh, it's unpredictable, isn't it? Mm. So yeah, the, the indoor element, and we've been very lucky, but the indoor element plays a massive role because you can be certain if it's pissing down outside that, you know, people are going to turn up. Yeah. It does yeah. It does have an impact. Like It does, almost, does it? You almost want a cloudy, yeah. cloudy day. Yeah. If it's too sunny, you're not going to get your maximum audience. Yeah. If it's pouring down with rain, you're not going to. So you almost want that overcast. Yeah. Fucking talking about weather. Yeah. What are we like? I know, what we like. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, move it, so moving on. Rumours have it, Hulk Hogan turned up one year. Please tell me about that legend. It's not a rumour, that's true, mate. It was, go yeah. on then. So, um, Good bloke? Absolutely, yeah, top. It was my like, childhood hero. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, it was, it was unreal, actually, because we had one of the... It's, again, it goes back to these relationships, like brands have athletes, and you speak to people, and they've got certain people, and there was a product that one of these American brands had got, and um, they'd done a partnership with Hulk, and it got to the point where they were like, yeah, we're going to bring Hulk Hogan. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Only if he wears his yellow and red kit. Exactly. On yeah, the plane. Put bandana on and, uh, <laughs> and did that. So it was the sort of thing where everyone was like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Mm. One of the lads got Nick's, I think it was, Nick had got like a new X5 and the desi our designer in house, he was like, someone needs to go and pick him up from the airport. I guess who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you what, he did more than a few hundred miles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he picked him up and he had, um, I'm trying to think the guy that used to be in WWE and everything with him. Like oh, the, the long, warrior, the ultimate no, the warrior. Long, no, no, the manager. It was his manager, like long, black like, Ray. So I can't remember. Anyway, I was waiting for Paul Bear and the Undertaker to yeah, turn up. The Undertaker, I forgot yeah. about him. Right, I'm, tell thinking you what, like, I'm thinking like Big Daddy and uh, Giant Haystacks. Oh, mate, not that In old. the UK. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what though? The Undertaker, I said, wouldn't it be awesome? Turn the lights out at the NEC and suddenly that music of The Undertaker when he just walks in. Mm. 
But Hulk Hogan, he was, yeah, we had him. He had, did this sort of super theater, turned up, bandana, red vest, absolutely, and a genuinely decent guy. Yeah. Um, was offering to do whatever. So, yeah, we've, Hulk Hogan's been there. So, yeah, Who else you had there? There's actually a lot of people that go through the show that are very well known and famous that, you know, but, you know, there's everyone from, I'm trying to think back in the day, you know, it's more sports stars and people like yeah. that. You know, you had the Kai Greens, the Phil Heaths, the Jay Cutlers, then mm. you had the Marius Pujanovskis, the, um, I tell you who we've had, um, who was the world's strongest man and Thor from Game of Thrones. Yeah. You know, he's been there with his brand. You know, you've got world's strongest men. You've got, in this day and age, you've got a huge amount of influencers. Mm. I'm probably doing someone a massive disservice here. Yeah. Because there's so many of them. Yeah. But, but that whole influence and marketing has worked an absolute treat for you guys. Because everyone's just saying, I'm going to be there. Anyone in the events yeah. industry, in the fitness industry, I'm going to be there. And the word just spreads like wildfire. Yeah, because I guess back at a certain time, they wanted to grow their own profiles as well. And by being there, you know, they're being paid by their brand they could engage with their audience, which they can't do. So mm. the online comes offline, they meet up. So it's it's been almost like that perfect mix of brands, consumers, and influencers. They've all been there. And actually, then all the influencers are talking, saying, right, I'm going to be there, that type of thing. So it's, yeah, it's been a perfect storm mm. in many ways. Mm. Do, you have a, do you have a big after party afterwards? Yeah, there is. I think for, do you know what? For a few years, I was the most naive kid ever. <laughs> I was like... Why is everyone like looking like shit on a Sunday yeah. morning? Um, but yeah, there's, there's some big, big after parties. We, you know, we looked at do we run our own event, you know, in the city centre. Um, but actually, what you know, going back to my philosophy is actually get someone that knows what they're doing is good at mm. like a nightclub evening. Yeah. So we partner with one of the bars and stuff, and then actually some of the guys that are you know very much like the US guys, like the guys that run Ghost, which is a Ghost Nutrition and Ghost Lifestyle. It's a an awesome brand, but the guys are actually top legends, but they, they party, they party properly. Like my first experience was in Vegas with them. Um, Love so Vegas. They, yeah, it's good. Isn't it it? Is. <laughs> That's another chat. Yeah. But that, I was going to say, you know, what I saw them doing, you can't, unfortunately, Birmingham's not the same as yeah, Vegas. So yeah. they've got these, all these grand ideas and like they get the DJs and we're like, it's, in, uh, it's just in a hotel in Birmingham. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that, you know, the after parties and stuff like that, that they go on. Um, and I think that's that's the nice thing about the industry now as well. People are like, oh, all these people in fitness, they don't drink, they don't do this. Mm. Well, actually, they're normal people. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah. They're, just, they're normal people with a bit more discipline. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, after parties and parties. We, we've, um, we've run a Friday, it's called a pink party. Um, but that's basically when there was a magazine called Hers, which is a female fitness. But that essentially was a VIP party, mm. got all the leading females in the industry there. And and you. Basically, <laughs> me, yeah. Shame, shame about the wife and the <laughs> kids. But <laughs> 20 years ago, maybe different. So going, but, back, going back to events, you've been running 11 years now. Yeah. Um, 12, yeah, into the 12th year. Yeah, it? coming to the 12th year. Meant to be the 12th year. Old, Let's not speak about that. Yeah. Uh, running 11 years. What year did you break the back of it, do you feel? Because we're talking events here, but it takes time. So if anyone listening here, it takes time to build an event. It takes time. It takes years yeah. to break the back of an event. Was, what year yeah. do you reckon it was for you? I think it was, it was back talking what we mentioned before, probably four or five years in. So okay. you're talking, what's my maths? Nine and four. Yeah. yeah. So about four or five years <laughs> to break the back. 2013, 2014. 
um, to break it properly. Because yeah. um, it's you can carry on doing it, but there's always that element of like, is it still going in the right direction? Yeah. And I think there's all, again, it goes back to the industry was, we were growing with the industry. So I can be very much going, what's going on in the industry now? We were reflective of it. So if it's, like we said, there was the protein boom, there was all this, there were certain athletes, then there was the aesthetics market, you know, and there was clothing and you get the right athletes in and it all, because as long as you know your market, you can bring that to the fore. And yeah. I think that's probably, yeah, 13, 14, break the back of it. And then, you know, you've had it off for the last six it's, years. It's established. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, but the thing is, well, fitness has moved on. Yeah. You know, as well, you know, the training market, you yeah. know, you've got a lot more niches, a lot more communities, mm. which is brilliant. But I'd say the difficulty is going from what you've been a legacy brand for 10 years. So, you know, I speak to a lot of people still. Oh, it's that bodybuilding show, isn't it? Mm. I'm like, it's not a fucking yeah. bodybuilding yeah. <laughs> show. If you fucking, Get with the times. Yes, we've got, we do have those, but yeah. actually fitness and training, yeah. you're totally, you know, you could be doing, you know, a 50-year-old woman doing a flip with a tire in a gym. Mm. You could be doing, you know, BJJ. You could be doing CrossFit. You yeah. can be, everybody trains. My my philosophy and like for the show is we all train. Mm. Like everybody trains, whether it's for rugby, whether it's for netball, what, mm. whatever you do, you train in the gym or outdoors. Just got different goals. Yeah. Um, and that's what we are, a training community, mm. bringing that together. So yeah, I think breaking the back of it was important. But if you don't keep with the times, you're like a Kodak or a... Yeah. Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so what's your thought process on the? uh, I gave a, I was on stage last week. You're up there in fact, with Gabby Logan. Yeah, yeah. And we talked, we spoke on stage about the events industry and we talked about the fitness industry. How do you feel this, what's going on now with COVID 19 could affect the fitness industry for you with the knock on effect of coming back in 2021? Yeah, so I think here and now, it's like, (laughs) what's going to happen? I think. With the audience, the age range, you know, the 18 to sort of 40 market, the feedback I get is that people are so, they just want to get back out. And yeah. I think whether uh, Boris decides to sort himself out and mm. uh, the, the country, but if we're lucky May time, I think it could be absolutely huge for the industry yeah. because there has not been an opportunity pretty much for two years now for Everyone has been online and the online market's booming and that's brilliant. But speak to clients, speak to people. They want to get out there. They want to see people. Where's the opportunity? It's to go to these events. You know, everyone has got opportunities Mm. to, you know, whether it's the turf games, the NFG, body, you know, there's all these different communities going on. People want, you know, humans want to interact with other humans. Ultimately, that the events industry, especially around fitness and sport, I think is, is... Potentially, if you get it right, it's all down to the timing. Yeah, I think people are chomping. Yeah, people are chomping. Man, everyone's yeah. been, everyone's had to miss out on the whole summer of fun. Yeah. Like that's the other thing with the industry. It's, you know, it's a fast moving industry, and you could see brands are investing massively, even in tough times. It's almost go, do we hold on, or actually, like I think Dale from Alico was saying, mm. built a new factory, yeah. bought a new factory. They're just going to go for it. Yeah. Um, so I think the the opportunities there, I think the other thing that is highlighted, the whole COVID thing is health and fitness, hasn't it? Mm. And actually people miss being with people, mm. um, but you bring groups of people together in fitness, health and sport. It's a brilliant. It's, oh, it's great for the mind. Yeah. 
you know, everyone seems to forget about the mind, you know. It's, and it's I, massive. I think if, yeah. Most people, if they're honest, have, you know, it's been a real tough time. Mm. You know, some people have done fantastic, but it's not just a business positive. There's like personal things that are going on or whatever. Mm. So, yeah, definitely the mind and health, fitness, sport. Like I can play, I'm too old now to play, but, you know, playing touch rugby on a Wednesday, I forget about everything. Yeah. But I can chuck a ball around. Yeah, absolutely. And just having that hour a day. Yeah. To free up your mind and and declutter it and, and be focused and be happy yeah. in that it's, moment. Yeah. Yeah. Forget everything. Yeah. So where do you so where do you see yourself going on to now then? Obviously we have had a blip this year, everyone in the events world. Yeah. Um where do you see yourself in twenty twenty one and and your your event at the NEC? So I think, well, fingers crossed, I think, you know, like we said then, it could be the best show. Um I believe it will. Yeah. I genuinely believe yeah, it will. I think everyone is chomping, I think. We've had a blip. I think people are going to come back dying for events like we're putting on because people yeah. want experience. People want to be with friends. People want to have laughter. People want yeah. to have a beer. Exactly. All yeah. the stuff that we've been taken away from us. But when something's taken away from you, you appreciate more. even more. Yeah. 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 And I think it's, you know, for me as well, um, when looking at the brand, the identity of Body Power, looking at that, you know, it's been two years really since people have been to an event around fitness. It's changed massively, you know, with tech, with you know, we're very much, we've gone from being that, like what you look like only to, you know, it's how you perform and the byproduct is how you look. Yeah. And I think that's so big. And you can see the brands coming into the market, these recovery brands or, you know, the Theragans, the high prices of this world, that we're in a different era now as well. It's performance training. So the show will reflect that. You know, I talk about training, you know, to, friends, clients, everyone. It's a, it's a training community. It doesn't matter how you train. So people are going to come back. They're going to be more, you know, they're going to be interactive. So from my point of view, for, for body power as a brand, when people walk in, it's got to look different. Yeah. It, you know, there's a great opportunity there. It looks different to what it used to, yep. but it still reflects what's going in the market. Yep. And we've got these like, you know, like the boutique brands, you know, functional training F45s or, you know, unit or whatever there is, like farm fitness, mm. they're there at the show. Mm. People can interact, they can engage, they can go with their mates, they can have a workout, they can go and have a wander around the stands. Yeah. They can have a great day out basically. Yeah. And that ultimately is what they've got in common with these people. So going together, where mm. else do they have that opportunity? But you think, you think where people started, we started as a small event, turned into a medium-sized event, go to a big event. Same yourself. Yeah. So anyone listening here, if you've got an idea of putting on an event, everyone's got to start small. Yeah. Just you know, and you it. grow and you create exactly. a brand and yeah. you grow and you grow and you grow and you tweak and you collaborate and you work with people and build relationships because this all takes time. Yeah. And like you said a minute ago, it took five years to, to break the back. Yeah. Same with us at Bournemouth 7. It took five years to break the back. Yeah. I had Melvin Ben come down, who's the owner yeah. of uh, Festival Republic. Yeah. He's got Reading Festival and Leeds Festival and, yeah. and, and a few others, part of Live Nation. His words were a music festival took seven years to break the back of. Yeah. You know, because it got so much outlay up front yeah, yeah. with the acts and what have you. But so yeah. going back to give me your biggest high of putting on body power over the last 11 years. Biggest high. It's got to probably though, the, like what I'd classify as Super Saturday, probably, where it was that year where literally you couldn't get through. You were like this. What year? Probably 16, wow. I think it was. Um, you just like, you stood there and you couldn't move every, like there's music going, people having a good time. And as an organizer, I think, you know, I don't know if you'll agree, but you've got probably a, like for me, 
yes, it's organizing, but in, like seeing other people enjoy themselves. Yeah, that's a good feeling. It's brilliant. And mm. that to me was probably the highest high of going, I've created this. Mm. All these brands are here as a team. You know, it was a great team. We've put everything into it. You know what, like the month, the few months and the month before are ridiculously stressful. You know, you're running on empty, but you just go through the adrenaline. You do that, people turn up and then just stand in there and it's unbelievable. And I think that that's the nice thing of brands having a good event, consumers having a good influencers, everyone's having a good time. And you and your team have been part of, well, essentially you've created that. Yeah, lovely. Um, lovely. And it's in per I'm very much that face-to-face, in-person thing. Once again, it's that environment, you know, people face-to-face having a great time. Yeah. Brilliant. That's a good way to end this. I yeah. think that's a uh, a very inspiring conversation. I think you and your team have done a wonderful job. Appreciate I'd love it. to get up there one day. It's always a couple we of weeks before the festival. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Can't take a day off. Yeah, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? It'd be nice in the lead yeah. up. But I'd, just before we finish here, have you got yeah. uh, have you got a question for me? How have you mixed music and sport? Because I, I look from the outside and I'm like, that's a brilliant mix. And actually, like I look at it from a fitness point of view and go, music and fitness fit. But the mixing of how have you mixed all these different groups and then also going from a sport and a music festival to a weekend? Mm. Like, how has that evolved? It's evolved. It's evolved from the start being a, an idea with being a, wanting to create a sport and music festival, but round the round rugby sevens. Yeah. And then obviously we introduced netball. Um, and that was really, really important for us. You couldn't just have a field of lads, a yeah. big sausage fest. So we we got netball involved and uh, that created this wonderful mix and influence of all these girls coming through the doors as well. So yeah. then you have to test each year. Then you go, what other sports are there that we can add to this festival which could complement what we do? So then you look at your hockeys, then you look at your uh, your volleyballs, then you look at, we looked at Ultimate Frisbee. Yeah. And you see what sticks each year. You go, yeah. oh my God, we've got 30 teams or oh my God, we've got 50 teams. And, and I think it was like 2012. Obviously, everyone knows me as Dodge. So I had the idea of, I watched that film called uh, Dodgeball. Yeah. Give that a go. That sounds a laugh. My name's Dodge. Just throw it in there and see what happens. Yeah. So we got the inflatables um, in from China. Yeah, yeah. We created the court, indoor court, out, which was outside. People <laughs> yeah. were in fancy dress. And we got 96 teams. Yeah. 96 teams from around the launch, country. They can launch things at each other. Yeah. They throw a ball. And it's, yeah. it's no contact. Yeah. So you can get on the beers, have a laugh throw balls at each other and, and play a game of this thing called dodgeball. And yeah, yeah. there's no dodgeball teams around the UK, but I've just, I thought I'd throw it in there for a bit of fun, see what happens. Yeah. And uh, Have you had, um, what's that? I've only played it when I've been drunk, uh, where you put the suits on, run at each other and just... Yeah, Dan, what's, what's what, what are they? The big inflatable suits you wear. Surely that And you awesome sprint there. at each other. Yeah, Zorbin. Zorbin, Zorbin that's, that's right. Yeah. We introduced that one, yeah. yeah. And that is a, that's a real laugh. Yeah. But you need a lot of space for that. And obviously yeah, yeah. we're 67 acres of land. We use up every bit of grass over, yeah. over the weekend. I was going to say drunk rugby lads. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. They're, big, they're all big lumps as well. Yeah. Are you going to, um, one more question. Yep. Are you going to internationalize it? Is it is international. Is that, an, is that a word? Well, if we can, may, have, may I've got loads of words go. that aren't proper words, so we're fine <laughs> with that. We'll internationalize it. <laughs> but yeah, we've got teams flying in from, you know, rugby playing no, countries. As in, are you going to go and put it on in Australia, South Africa? No, no, okay, no. I've looked, at, I've looked. It's another conversation for another another <laughs> podcast. But I've looked at many other places to to put on another Bournemouth Sevens. But you know, all you're going to do is rob Peter to pay Paul. You'll end yeah. up diluting your baby. Yeah, yeah. And when you've worked thirteen years, four thousand days solid on your baby, you don't want to go. 
Because you've got to remember, right. it's only a period. There's a you got you got a period in that summer. You have got that end of May, really to September or, yeah. or August, really. And what you don't want to do is dilute it and put two festivals on because yeah. that people go, oh, Dodgers putting on a festival in Cardiff or in London. Let's go to that one this year and let's leave Bournemouth Sevens. Yeah. Well, there's no point. In I mean, that's always the question, isn't it, with events? Oh, you're going to dilute it and do others. Well, I know people. Stick. I know people who've got music festivals. Who've got two or three. You think you're going to put on three festivals? Three times the amount of headache. You don't earn three times the amount of net no. profit. You know, you've got three times the amount of headache. And the benefit of doing three music festivals, you can share the headline acts. That's about it, really. Yeah, yeah. But you've got the whole infrastructure costs of putting on festivals, lighting, sound, yeah. main stages, riders from the, you know, the DJs will have a rider where they want three teddy, teddy bears and a, and a pink car to pick them up and just crazy stuff that, yeah. you, that we've seen over the years. And uh, no, mate, I'm really happy sticking with one. Good man. Um, got a great niche, got a great business model, and 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 that's how we like it. And you know, the festival's ten minutes away from our HQ here in Bournemouth. Happy days, isn't it? Yeah, mate, I thoroughly enjoyed this chat. Appreciate it. No, it's been good. Great to have you down here from Birmingham. Thanks for coming to the studio. And um, it's nice, isn't it? it is, yeah. And I'll um, I will see you very soon. Yeah, good man. Good man. Appreciate Take care. It. Cheers, Steve. Bye. <laughs>